Hey folks, welcome back to the Culture Jack podcast. This is your number one source for E3 2021 news and information about gameplay reveals and big static conferences. There's no big static conferences this year because it's all digital again. And this is, I'm Dustin. Nice to meet you. Meet you again. Welcome back. Uh, We're finally getting to the big boys. This is the first big boy conference that I get to cover on this podcast. On Saturday, E3 properly kicked off with the Ubisoft Forward presentation. And so it was after the Gorilla Showcase, uh, Jeff, Ni- Jeff, I almost call him Jeff Knightley again. Jeff Keeley, uh, he had said that he was not invited to co-host E3 this year as he has done in the past. He mentioned it in on Twitter. And he talked about it in this video after the Gorilla Showcase, as we were all anticipating and waiting for uh, the Ubisoft Showcase. Now, I don't know why this is, because E3 is supposedly supposed to be partnered with Summer Games Fest, which is run by Jeff Keeley. You would think that they would at least uh, proffer an invitation to him to come have at least some hosting duties as well. And the only thing that I could think of is maybe E3 and the ESA think of Jeff Keighley as a threat to their position as kind of the premier thought worm when people think about video games and they think about video game conferences and announcements specifically. So I don't know what that's about, but he seemed a little hurt about it. Although his Summer Games Fest and all of the things and different conferences and organization that had to go into that is very, very impressive. And he said he's basically doing the thing by himself. And I'd feel really bad if I was a producer or an editor on any of the Summer Games Fest stuff. And then Jeff Keighley came out and said, well, I'm doing it all by myself. It's like uh, Elon Musk coming out and saying, you know, I I built Tesla. I built SpaceX when there are a mountain of engineers and, and scientists and workers behind the scenes putting putting their work into those projects day day in and day out. Regardless, this isn't the Jeff Keighley review show. This is the Ubisoft forward review show. And so they started off their conference or they started off their presentation with some gameplay footage, some cinematic footage from Rainbow Six Extraction. Another nice thing about doing this conference as opposed to uh, a Day of the Devs or a Guerrilla Showcase is these games are not all coming from different developers. They are coming from one, one roof. They're under one umbrella, and that's the Ubisoft umbrella. So I don't need to, I don't need to worry about finding you what developer these games come from. They're Ubisoft games, and the first one, like I said, is Rainbow Six Extraction, and this one is a departure from the normal Rainbow Six games, which are typically like terrorists, counter terrorists sort of games. And there's another Rainbow Six game that they showcased in this presentation, but we'll get to that in a moment. It's got aliens in it. And specifically, these aliens are called the Archeans. And the gameplay is it's a one to three player co-op game. 
and in it you go in on on missions to deal with these alien hives and if any of the the operators that you are playing with are downed during the mission or they're captured during the mission they go MIA and so that means that particular operator one that you may be used to or familiar with having them in your arsenal are unplayable until you take another team into that alien location and rescue that operator. And they did mention some locations that it was going to that the aliens drop down in and they drop down in in New York, San Francisco and Alaska. Woot woot. So Alaska's getting some representation uh, in the video gaming sphere, finally. Uh, but this game comes out on September 16th. Now, I'm not a Rainbow Six aficionado. I'm not a huge fan of Rainbow Six. Um, everything looks good. Like, all of these big-name games are going to look good. It's just a matter of what slight tweaks over the standard left trigger aim, right trigger shoot, do you like in gameplay? And what stories do you find more engaging when you decide when you're going to get that next big first person shooter game? Uh, it's funny because last year and, you know, the start of the, the, the pandemic proper and we had all of these shortages in in processors and that's why there's very limited xbox series x's and playstation 5's out on the market these uh processors these graphics cards that are coming out uh they're limited not not only because you know the bitcoin miners are buying them up by the boatload but also because the manufacture of them is has become more difficult due to the the difficulties of manufacturing and so video game development we all kind of expected the the pause on video games that we had last year we actually expect that pause still yet to be coming because all of these games have probably been in development for a while but last year and the beginning of this year it felt like such a video game drought every time that anthony did a, a news segment on the culture jack podcast or i did <laughs> whoops almost gave you a peek behind the curtain there or our dear friend Archie who is in no way uh, myself or Anthony at all did a news segment we would we'd be very sparse a lot of the times on the video game news there, of course there's big things that are happening in the the video game world whether it's uh, purchases or acquisitions or new games in development but like after that Bethesda news drop last year, that was that was the big thing. Was it last year? Maybe it was the year before. Oh, time is a flat circle, my friends. Um, but it felt like a drought. And now, after doing just these couple of showcases, it feels like we are not in a drought anymore. We are drowning. We have an abundance of video games and not the, the time nor energy to play or even properly cover all of these video games um there's too many too many games to play uh, now maybe there might be too many demos to watch now there might be too many things to even make a good decision on what you should watch uh but culture jack can help you with that that's why we're here that's why we're doing these showcases and we are we are doing them in a way that a character like yourself can listen to uh, characters like ourselves Talk about these video games in your ear 
and turn maybe a four-hour video game conference into a one-hour audio podcast that you can take with you on the go when you're cleaning the house or you're doing the yard work or you're on that drive and you just don't have time to sit down and watch a showcase for four hours to get the seven games that they seven games that they they show in it. Uh, the next thing that Ubisoft premiered was Rocksmith Plus. And basically what this is, I guess this had been out for a while already uh, called Rocksmith, where you were able to plug your guitar into your PC and play your guitar and it would give you notes on how to play your guitar better. It would teach you how to play certain songs or teach you how to play guitar in general. I guess now it, it operates off of sound if I'm reading or if I'm watching this showcase correctly. And it's what they called an interactive music learning. There may be more than guitar. I wasn't sure and it wasn't clear in the demo. Uh, but if there is not, I definitely see that as an expansion in the future, whether they you know moved on to keyboards or drums. And especially if it works the way that they claim it to work off of, you know, just sound. The next game was Riders Republic and they showed off a, a mode called it was like it looked like team based graffiti mode. If you remember graffiti mode from Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, one and two, they've got, you know, wingsuits, downhill bike riding, snowboarding uh, and the graphics in this game. It, it's bizarre. And I know you shouldn't just focus on graphics and, and far too often. I find myself focused more on the aesthetic of the game than, than how the game looks like it actually plays. But they oscillate from being just simply amazing. Like I'm watching this first person view of this guy riding this bike down this trail and I'm just blown away. You know, he's got like the heavy breathing like they do. If you've ever seen any of those videos with the, you know, GoPro on their head uh, the kind of struggle to turn around around corners. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then they show 20 snowboarders going down the same hill at once. And I'm like, oh, this is this is not as good. Uh, so the, 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 the graphics, they turn on and off for me, or at least they turn me on and off, I guess. Uh, there is some modes where you can play up to 64 racers, which is mind-blowing. Mind uh, and this game comes out on September 2nd. <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege. I told you there was another Rainbow Six hiding in this showcase. On June 30th, they are they are introducing cross-play and cross-progression between PC, Luna, and Stadia platforms. I don't know who, who's playing on Stadia anymore. And then in 2022, they are introducing cross progression and cross play to Xbox and PlayStation. And I I think I think that's really I'll tell you why that I think that's really cool in a second. Why do I do that? Why do I try I'm trying to build a thing up when I could just tell you about a thing. I don't want to. I'm still going to make you wait. They also told us that there is going to be a new defender in the series, uh Thunderbird, who is a Native American character that's going to be joining the team so that's cool i don't know anything about rainbow six siege i watched i remember watching a preview of it or a trailer of it before the game premiered back when 
uh, Anthony and I were doing these podcasts together in the same room. Uh, but I think now to get on to crossplay and cross progression, crossplay, we've talked about it before, I think is very important for the fact that d- these game consoles are 500 bones. And that is not a small asking price, especially today. And so having a game console cost that much and then not being able to play with your friends even on a game that you both have, that you both paid the amount of money that that game cost and you still can't play with them, I think that's ridiculous. And it's so delightful to see more and more games getting this this cross-play feature. Now, one thing that's always a worry is a, a character, a, a person with a keyboard and mouse having an unfair advantage when it comes to a lowly a lowly controller player and though controller players do have auto aim where there's that slight aim adjustment for the character. So there is that, but there is that worry. And if you can toggle that on and off, I don't know how it's going to be for rainbow six siege, but if you can toggle it on and off, it shouldn't be something you have to worry about. Uh, and then the other thing that they said was uh, cross progression again, incredibly important and I think this is more important from previous generation consoles to current generation consoles if you start a game on a PlayStation 4 or on an Xbox one there is no reason if that same game one I think you should be able to just uh, download that game on your new system on your PlayStation 5 or on your Xbox series but there's no reason that you should have to start that game over and that process should be seamless. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I think, and if you bought the game once, there should be an upgrade path, at least for most of these games on the newer newer generation of, of consoles. You shouldn't have to buy the game twice. That's just my opinion. Maybe maybe it's a good one. Maybe it's not. Uh, they also talked about updates for for honor. Uh, new characters and classes coming to coming to that game. I I think that game's really cool, even though I've never played it. Looks really interesting. Uh, new new features to Trackmania, most likely new courses, and also the ability for your cars to float on water. Brawlhalla's getting the Ninja Turtles added to their roster of fighters. The Crew 2 is getting some new cars, it looks like. And Watch Dogs Legion is getting a DLC called Bloodline. Watch Do- I, I keep forgetting that Watch, Do- Watch Dogs Legion is out because it, it seemed like a game that was going to be in development for just forever. But they're getting a DLC. And then they also promised more changes and things coming to Ghost Recon. And I believe they showed the character from Splinter Cell? In Ghost Recon, that could be another trailer I'm thinking of, but uh, they also said Ghost Recon was celebrating 20 years of <laughs> reconning, I guess. Uh, and this is this is crazy to me because they just made an update about all of the games that they are they are putting into a games as a service model. Whether you know that's like a, a Rocket League or a Fortnite or an Apex or Call of Duty where, you know, that that game just continues on in perpetuity forever. And they just announced 
you know, For Honor, Trackmania, Brawlhalla, The Crew 2, Watch Dogs Legion, and Ghost Recon, more and more games are turning into games as a service that you need to continue paying on in order to access the new content. Well, that's that's fine. At the same time, it's also, it, it seems really risky to me because a person is only going to be willing to put extra monies into so many games. So as this stretches persons thin, they'll be able to experience less and less video games. Though, if you consider that video games are becoming more niche where, you know, you have certain subsets of people that only like certain subsets of games, maybe you are counting on getting all of those people into your ecosystem, into your game ecosystem. I don't know why Trackmania made me think of all this, but it did. They also had uh, new information about Just Dance 2022. The Just Dance series is a great series. I had Just Dance for Connect, and it was amazing. Um, I don't know how it is for PlayStation or how it is for the Nintendo Switch, but I imagine it's it's equally as good. The the thing about the the Connect is it films you while you're just dancing, and so then it plays like a little stop motion clip of you dancing at the end of it, and it's been been for great fun in my household. But there's exclusive songs coming to this one, and it's coming November fourth. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is getting some DLC content, which is going to be free to players of that game coming this fall. This is hilarious because as I'm going through these games and as I'm thinking about it, is this just a DLC showcase? I mean, yeah, sure. They talked about Riders Republic, Rocksmith and uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. But more than half of the showcase so far has been dedicated to DLC. Are we going to see a future games show, an E3 presentation, a summer games fest, where the entirety of the festivity is DLC? That's all it is? The whole festival is just going to be additions to games that we already have or already have had the opportunity to buy? That's a future I do not want to live in, friends. Uh, then they had some announcements from Ubisoft Television, which I didn't know was an operating arm of Ubisoft, but apparently they have worked with or on the show Mythic Quest, which if you've been listening to any of Anthony's episodes this last month, he will tell you that the season two of Mythic Quest is out, and he says it's it's bananas bonkers crazy good. They also were, I guess, partly responsible for Werewolves Within, it's like that comedy horror whodunit werewolf movie. It looks hilarious and amazing. Is it also an Ubisoft movie? I don't know what this is. When did Ubisoft get so involved in movie and television production? Or is this a thing that's always been going? I'm so confused right now. Uh, they did also give us some more story footage from Far Cry 6. And there's such... As I was watching this, there's such amazing storytelling in games. There's so much so much character to the characters, you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about bad acting because there really isn't any. If the writing is good, then the animators, the developers can make the characters act how they need to for that dramatic moment. Uh, in this story, it looked like the main character, I assume, is who you play, Danny, uh, is getting onto a boat with a bunch of other 
perhaps refugees are being smuggled somewhere. And as they are, are being smuggled, uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character comes and takes over the fishing boat. Upstairs, there's gunshots and screaming and yelling. Uh, Anton Castillo is his character's name. He comes down, down the stairs into the into this uh, storage where all of the all of the people are riding around. And he is very imposing as this character. And he's talking about fishing with his father. But, you know, you can see the the terse and tense looks on everyone's faces. He's he's pacing back and forth with his armed guards there until a old lady has had enough. And she says, that's enough. And she gets up and she charges at him and he shoots her dead just in cold blood right there in the middle of everybody. And apparently one of the refugees, one of the people on this boat is his son. And his son stands up. He says, that's enough. And he goes to his father and he, he says, I'll go home with you. Just just spare these people. And he says, Giancarlo says, or not Giancarlo, Anton. I can't confuse the, the actor and the character. He says, do you see how gracious and how compassionate my boy is? And he goes upstairs and he says, all right, well, this is this is catch and release. He says to his guard as he walks by and his car, his guard gives him a very knowing nod. He walks up the stairs with his son, cut to black, gunfire, screaming. We assume, or I assume, I guess I shouldn't uh, lump you in with me, although you are equally as clever as I am and have probably made the same assumption that I did, that this is one of the opening scenes of the game where you are introduced to his character. You are thought to be gunned down with the rest of the passengers on this ship, and then you go on your Far Cry Revenge Tour as is so often in this in this game series, um, they did also announce for Far Cry some far for some Far Cry. Listen, you smutch! Remember, I'm calling you guys smutch now. Uh, they did announce some post-launch plans for this game as well. You also will get to play as the villains from Far Cry three, four and five in what looks to be original stories. Maybe it's stories from their point of view, but it looks so well done and like such a unique idea that you get to play. And I don't know if you are playing as these characters to evoke a, a sympathetic reaction from these characters, or if you are legitimately just going to be the bad guy, or is it going to try and perhaps humanize these characters a little, a little bit more. I'm excited to hear more about this. Maybe I will get a chance. Maybe I will not get a chance to play it. However, I am going to keep tabs on it to see what other people's reactions are to being able to play as these bad guys. They also introduced it just like everything else. They also now have a season, a season pass. And then uh, the the second to last game is a Mario plus Rabbids game. It's called Sparks of Hope, a sequel to the Mario plus Rabbids. I think it was called Kingdom Battle, but it's set in space or they're in space at first. And all of the, you know, Mario characters and then the, the Rabbids characters that are dressed up as Mario characters are there. And then this big uh, ominous being starts eating the Rabbids that have merged themselves with the little star characters. I think they're called Lumas or Lunas. And they, they land on a on a planet. And all these other real creepy looking rabbits start coming out of the woods. I think this is a sequel. It's not DLC. 
Uh, and one of the things I kept thinking about this is because the ominous being was like this big diamond headed shaped tentacle armed creature is Mario plus Rabbids kind of going the way of Kingdom Hearts. And if you don't know what I mean by that, Kingdom Hearts at the beginning was a mashup. It had an original or a couple original square characters, Sora, Riku and the gang. And then it had a bunch of Final Fantasy characters, you know, whether it's uh, Cloud or Sid or Yuffie. And then it had Disney characters, Winnie the Pooh. uh, (laughs) What are some other Disney characters? You know, Winnie the Pooh, Aladdin, Tarzan, that sort of stuff. And it was this, this beautiful mesh of square characters, Disney characters, and then a couple original characters. Now, as the series went on, as Kingdom Hearts progressed, the storyline got more and more convoluted and confusing. And the Disney characters stopped being such an important part of the game. The Final Fantasy characters stopped being such an important part of the game. And it became this original, just these original characters fighting amongst each other. I hope that is not where it where it goes to because I enjoy these mashups these crossovers and I only want the unique weird stuff to be the glue that binds them together I also uh I also like this game I love tactics games I love XCOM style games whether it was um what was that name Zero Mutant Zero XCOM Fallout, Final Fantasy Tactics. Final Fantasy Tactics doesn't really count. Um, But that's coming out in 2022. Uh, And one more thing. (laughs) Well, every one of these showcases, it cracks me up when there's the, you know, for the, you know, they just finished the last. And I'm stumbling over my words. I have dry mouth like, like a son of a gun. Um. But the very last showcase, or seemingly the last showcase, and they say, hey, we show, we've show, we shown you uh, 10 new games this showcase. And that was great, and we want to thank everybody. And then the CEO comes out, and he wants to give his personal thanks. And then if the CEO comes out there at the end, you know they saved the special announcement for him. So the CEO, the boss of Ubisoft, he came out and he said, thank you, everybody, for supporting Ubisoft, and we appreciate we couldn't do it without you, the fans. And one more thing. So they one more thing us with usually it's it's the big thing of the showcase. And they said all of this was recorded in their snowdrop engine and they they panned in. It was a beautiful lush, lush, lush foliage. (laughs) Oh, forgive me, those Denzians of the Internet, for I speak uh, in in riddle a beautiful lush foliage. As, as the camera panned through this jungle and then it panned out on to the world of Avatar and it's Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. They've finally done it. They made an Avatar game. I assume this is just to kind of drum up excitement for the new Avatar movie that's coming coming out, but there's all kinds of dinosaurs that they can ride and then it's, it shows all of the all of the humans there to mine the ore on the on their planet and I can't for the life of me remember what their planet was called shit it's been 
10, 12 years since the last Avatar. You have to forgive me on that one. But I, in this game, am going to be hooking my ponytail up to everything to attach to it and ride. Is this an original story? Is this an original Avatar story? Is it... Is it one that is built strictly for the video games or are they doing a rehash of the original story or I guess beyond maybe a rehash of the original story or beyond an original self-contained story? Are they doing a story that fits into the lore of Avatar similar to how they make, you know, Star Wars games and Star Wars books and Star Wars TV shows and animated television that that go along with the canon and history of Star Wars, is this something similar like that for Avatar? But that was the last game that they showed for Ubisoft. Overall, a good presentation, nice, quick, kept the momentum up. They, they did have a lot of extra information that the other showcases that we've gone over so far did not have. And I think part of that was, you know, they didn't have as many games as the other one. There were no, no trace not even a mention of Beyond Good and Evil 2 again this year as well. Where is this game, Ubisoft? What have you done to Beyond Good and Evil 2? And we did get a, a quick snippet for some of the gameplay in like a, a pre, 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 pre-alpha build of the game that showed some of their uh, exploration and the like. We did get that incredible cinematic trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2. But where is this game, Ubisoft? That's what people tuned in on Saturday for. And you didn't deliver. And then they did a sizzle reel there at the end of, of all of their games. And Far Cry specifically caught my eye. And I got to thinking, you know, Far Cry is a game where you are an agent of chaos. Basically, after the opening moments, you are an agent of chaos there to wreak havoc and destruction and blow things up and shoot things and ride things. Is Far Cry the best chaos game? If you understand my new genre that I've just I've just kind of created and pulled right out of my ass, is Far Cry the best version of that? And I was thinking about other ones that could fall into that category, like Far Cry, Just Cause. There's a lot of destruction and mayhem in the Just Cause series. Rage and Rage 2, of course. And then there was one that was released... Shoot, six, seven years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that. Bullet Storm, that ring any bells to, to anybody? But that was a, a chaos game. And so, if you want to sound off in the comments or hit us up at Facebook or Twitter at Culture Jacked, let us know what your favorite game of chaos, where you are an agent of chaos. What is your favorite game in that? newly created genre that I just made. If you don't want to do it in public, if you don't want to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, you can always send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. And that's it for the Ubisoft show. Stay tuned. We still got more. We've got Devolver Digital. We've got Gearbox. We've got Microsoft and Bethesda. We've got Square Enix Showcase, GamesBeat, Nintendo's coming up, and we are going to cover it all, baby. So we'll see you here on the next episode of Culture Jacked.